Good job. Good job. Welcome, welcome. A fine Wisconsin winter day. You're not a bunch of wimps. You're tough. You're from Wisconsin. Actually, I, I, I don't mind this weather at all. As long as my driveway is cleared, I am fine. I've got a jacket. I've got a heated car. I'm fine. It's heated in here. It's, I'm fine. So, hey, listen, um, we're going to be receiving the offering here in a, in a moment here, but I want to talk to you a little bit. The, um, what a privilege we have. What a privilege we have. You know, we ha- we, sometimes we think, boy, I've got to have money, an excess of money to be a tither, to do the will of God. I have been to third world countries where, where the people do not have literally two nickels to rub together, Okay. And I notice, I notice that when the, the pastor gets up there and, and, and they receive the, the tithe, that regardless, they don't even have, people, some people don't even have shoes, but they do things unto God to obedient, show their love for him. You know, our tithing is part of our worship. So we're not through worshiping now. So the ushers are going to come forward right now and receive another part of your worship. We worship in many different ways. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these people who are who are obedient to you and your will. God, I pray a blessing upon them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. A little hairy getting to work get getting to work. For me it was hairy getting to work getting to church this morning. Out in my neighborhood. Oh the kids what do you want me to do, Colin? Yeah, just give your, yeah, give. Your moms and dads a kiss. Off to Sunday school. <clears throat> I'm kind of new here. Yeah, it's a little hairy, a little hairy for me coming to church this morning. Uh, they don't plow out by me quite as quick as they plow maybe in the city. Um. I had to call my wife, and I had about, just coming to church this morning, I had about four incidences where I was not a control, but it was one of these slips to the side. You know what I'm saying? You had, some of you had those too? You know, you just got to go slow, that's all. Just go slow. And I thank God that I don't have front-wheel drive. I'm on rear-wheel, rear, rear drive. I got the front-wheel drive. It's much easier to control. What did I do when I was a kid when they didn't have this? I think we just slipped and slide. You know, sounds like a song, doesn't it? Slip and slide. Okay. You ready? Are you sure? Mark, are you ready? All right. All right. Before we pray, I'm going to do a little true and false here. True or false? No, you got to cooperate. You don't cooperate, we're going to do this over again. Andy, you ready? Okay. True or false? God's strength shows up best in my weakness. True? True. God's strength does show up best 
in our weaknesses. Number two, God, God allows things to happen to me to help me conform to Jesus. Sandy, is that true? Okay, it is true. Things happen to us, not everything, but God allows some things to happen to us so we can respond correctly and grow to be more like our Savior. Number three, God commands that all his disciples shift their worries and cares from themselves to him. True or false? True, you're right. That's true. It is a command. It's not a suggestion. I suggest you cast all your cares upon Jesus because, no, no, it's a command. In Psalm 55, Psalm 55, 22, cast, all, cast your cares on the Lord and he will, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. These are commands. These are not suggestions. Number four. When born again, our old sinful nature, or our old spirit, that was born of the flesh died, and our new and perfect nature, our born again spirit, born of the Holy Spirit, was birthed. True or false? True. Tim, is that true? True. You're right. That's true. When we're born again, something miraculously happens. Don't ask me how it happens. It's a miracle that we are body, soul, and spirit. And, and when we're born again, we're born again within our spirit. Something is perfect within us. You could be a messed up person. But because you're born again, you've got this something new. And that's the part that the Holy Ghost lives within. You become the temple of God. Which leads me to number five. When you are born again, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's God's desire to express his life through you. True or false? Ron, is that true? That's true. You're right. God, who is in us, he wants to express himself through us. That's his desire. Now, knowing all this, and we're all on the same page, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for my friends that are here. And Lord, I pray that I make sense and that I encourage my friends here that when they leave here, they're encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to start by looking at Galatians 5, verse 7, and we're going to read to, to uh, 25, and I'll just comment a little bit as we go along the way. Paul's talking to the, to the believers, and he says, You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. God always calls us to freedom. We think some of his, his ways bring us into a bondage, but really it's not a bondage. It really leads to a freedom. 
This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. See, false teaching doesn't have to be huge. It could be, false teaching comes mixed with good teaching. And you can have 80% good and 20% bad, and that 20% will just throw you off down the road. Verse 10, I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing, from, uh, trust you from believing, I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. And you, we, read like, we, read, we read that, but I read it in another version, the complete Jewish Bible, and here's, what, here's how it says in that version. I wish the people who are bothering you would go the whole way and castrate themselves. I mean, he's not mixing it. That's what he's saying. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Say that with me. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see, actually we're born again, but the ways of the sinful nature are in our soul. They're in our soul. And so we want to do good, but we, we want to do good. We want to please God, but sometimes we don't because we're so used to doing certain things. It's kind of like me and food. I know in my mind I shouldn't eat certain foods. Then I go by a bakery, and I, it's the frosting. And whatever it is. I mean, this morning I was with Sandy, and I, I was licking the pan with my finger, you know. I'm thinking... I shouldn't be doing this. Look at the frosting. But this is something I've done, and I love it. I just have to see it and smell it, and I crave it. You know what I'm talking about? The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Talk about a fight within. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. You hear what I'm saying? We're not under this law. You know, at Beth Messiah, I get these people coming in all the time that are trying to go under the law. 
And I keep on saying, I'm not under the law. I am not under the law. It's not even what goes in my mouth that defiles me. It's what comes out. And if I want to have a BLT sandwich, I'm not going to hell. You understand what I'm saying? No, I just choose not to in front of some people because I don't want to offend them. Do I like a BLT? Yeah, Jewish right. <laughs> I lost my place. When you, yeah, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very, are, you know, I've got this um, wrong here. On my notes, I didn't copy it right. So I'm just going to start with uh, 20. I, you got all these things like quarreling, jealousy, helpers, anger, selfish ambition, idolatry, sorcery, um, uh, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Okay, verse 21. My, my notes are messed up. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as, I've, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Living that sort of life. We're talking about living that sort of life habitually. That's your sort of life. Kind of living the life of Bieber right now. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is the Holy Spirit who is within. Produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed, the pas- have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. You can't cast them out in the name of Jesus. I wish it was that easy. Like my desire for certain foods. Brother, desires come out in the name of Jesus. No, that doesn't work that way. You know? Quit eating so much in the name of Jesus. Come out of him. It doesn't work that way. These are things you have, you have to nail to the cross. And that hurts. And you suffer sometimes. Because you don't, your soul says, I want it. But the inner man says, no, you can't have it. So there's that struggle. So those who belong to Christ have nailed their passions and desires of sinful of the nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. We have different parts of our lives. There's a part of life you have at home. There's a part of life you have um, at work. There's a part of life that you have on the bowling alley. You know, there's, there's different parts of your life and different places of your life. But if we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. God wants to lead us. The fact is this. To live a holy life is to live by the Spirit. To live a holy life is to live by the Spirit. You cannot live a holy life and not live by the Spirit. If you live by the Spirit, you will be living a holy life. And this leads to a huge question. The question is this. Frank, as a believer, 
How in the world do I live by the Spirit? How do you, how do you walk this out? How do you do this? Well, to get from A to B, you can read a map. And there are different kinds of maps. There are general maps, and there are specific maps. Now, let me tell you, I'm not even sure I know how to read a map anymore. Because I've got, you can Google stuff, you know, and turn right, turn left in 100 yards. Uh, I'm used to this kind of stuff now. To read them, I, I don't know when the last time was I really read a map. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got, I got this uh, a Garmin. I use that. And um, it's been a while since I read a map. But I know there are general maps and specific maps. And specific maps tell us all the street names. But the general maps just give us the main streets. Now, to answer the question, how do I live by the Spirit, I'm going to give you a general map that has just four main streets. Just four. And if you have traveled those four streets and have allowed them to become what you are, you should reach your destination of living by the Spirit. Now, if you skip a street, you're probably going to get lost and you're not going to reach your destination. So you can't skip a street. We're going to look at these streets, but we're only going to hit a couple streets today. The first street, its name is truth. You must know and walk in the truth of your identity. This is huge. The truth of your identity. There's an old saying that what you don't know won't hurt you. Well, that may apply to some cases, but in the life of a believer, what you don't know about your identity might contribute to your bondage. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Now, there are many truths of our identity that bring freedom to a disciple of Christ. Many truths. For example, I'll just bring out a few of them. For example... You are accepted by your Heavenly Father. See, you may not feel accepted by people, but you're accepted by God if you're born again. In Romans 15, 7, the Bible says, Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order, to bring, in, in order to bring praise to God. God accepted you. You've been accepted by God, and you weren't so holy that God should accept you. You were accepted in your sinful condition. He accepted you. You are accepted. And we need to accept one another, especially if they're part of the kingdom of God. So we're to be accepted. And the, you are accepted. Say with me, I am accepted by God. Say that. I am. Now say it like you really mean it. I am accepted by God. Now that's a, that's a wonderful truth. You are accepted by God. Another truth is God sees you as sacred. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. 
You are sacred. You're not only accepted, but you are sacred. Say that with me. I am sacred. You got to see yourself that I am sacred. Not only are you accepted and sacred, but you are tough. You're not only a conqueror, you are more than a conqueror. In Romans 8, verse 37, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, loved us. So, I am more than a conqueror. Say that with me. I am more than a conqueror. So you're accepted by your heavenly Father. You are a sacred person. You are sacred. And you are more than a conqueror. To be a conqueror is mean you defeat. And you can defeat the evil one and his host in the name of Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. These desires I talked about, these cravings, that your, that your soulish man is craving, that is not pleasing to God, you can conquer these things in the name of Jesus. Not by yourself, you can't conquer these things. But through God, you can. You can. Say, God, I'm craving that this and that, whatever it is. I mean, you may be into some bad stuff. And all of a sudden, you're, and you've, you, you've been delivered, but your, soul, but your soul just wants to continue to do it. You can say, in the name of Jesus, God, help me get over this stuff. i got to get over it. And you can get over it. God will allow you and enable you to get over it. Here's my, my point. The first street you need to travel is the truth of your identity in Christ. That's a street you've got to be on. If you're, if you're not on that street, you're not going to last long. You're not going to last long. Because the devil's going to make you think you're not accepted. That you're just an ordinary person. You're not an ordinary person. You're a child of God and you're sacred. devil's going to convince you that you're powerless. And you're not powerless. you got the power of the Holy Spirit within you, within your spirit. And you're more than a conqueror because of that. The second street you must travel is the street of faith. Now, this is a tricky street because your faith must be in the right object. Picture this. I need to clean my house gutters. So I go to my garage and I get out my old wood ladder, believing that will it'll hold my weight. And sure enough, that old ladder holds my weight. Yes, I had faith in the condition of my ladder, but because of the wood ladder was the object of my faith, I had ladder faith. That was my faith. I had ladder faith. Now let's suppose the wood ladder collapsed. And suppose the well-meaning brother came by, saw what happened, and said, You know, Frank, if you had more faith in that ladder, that ladder would never have collapsed. Now, I'm sure that brother meant well, but his theology is messed up. It's wrong. You see, my faith didn't let me down. My faith was sufficient. It was the, it was the object of my faith that really let me down. And the fact of the matter is, that old ladder wasn't worth the faith I placed in it. Now, if God would have instructed me to use that old wooden ladder, that's another matter. And I would be putting my faith not in my old ladder, 
but in God's word to me, there's a difference. People have faith. People have faith, but it's not in the right thing. You go down, you go down Capitol Drive, and it says, walk. And cars are coming, but it says, walk. So you have faith that people are going to see that sign that they're supposed to stop. You have faith they're not going to slide into you, and you just walk. You're... You know, you walk. You know, don't tell me you don't have faith. You have faith. But your faith isn't in God. Your faith is that people, is, isn't that people are going to see that stoplight. That's not a good place to put your faith. I'd rather put my faith in God. So here's my point. As a disciple of Christ, you must be sure you travel down the street of faith, and your object of faith must be in God, because he's always trustworthy and dependable. Our faith is in God. Our faith is not in that ladder. Our faith is not in that stoplight. Our faith is in God. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord. Because he's with you. Now, when you say Lord, who are you talking about? God the Father, God the Son, or God, or the God the Holy Spirit. When you say, Lord, help me, who are you talking to? I talk to my, I talk to my, I ask myself that question. And I think sometimes I'm talking to God the Father, and I'm talking to um, Jesus. But when I think about it, I may be talking to the wrong person, the wrong being. See, God the Father's in heaven, and Jesus is at his right hand. But God, the Holy Spirit, is with us. So when I say, I'm thinking of that, so now when I talk about the Lord and the fact that he's with me, I'm referring to the Holy Spirit, because he's with me. Not only is he with me, but he's in me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Boy, that messes you up. To, met, to, to start understanding, um, to try to understand the things of God before you move on the things of God will really mess you up. You'll drive off, you'll, you'll drive into, into a ditch. It's not going to make sense. Reminds me of a story. Phil, you, I, Phil, you're here, right? Where are you, Phil? You're in the back. Okay, I'm going to tell them a story about Gary, you and I. Okay? So, so we're on this motorcycle ride, okay? Talk about not trust, trusting the Lord and not on, in signs and stuff like that. There was a time that Gary Sear, Phil McCabe, and I took a motorcycle ride. And we're driving down these roads that Gary and Phil love driving down. All these 
curves, and they got these bikes that are like rockets. And I got this old Goldwing, okay, that you can't hardly turn it, okay? And these guys are just, boom, 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 boom. And I can going, but I'm seeing the signs. I said, it's sharp, sharp left. I, I'm, I slow down, okay? Sharp right, I slow down. Just a little dip, go down. And there wasn't this, I'm, there was not a sign. Someone, someone took a sign down, and it was a real sharp left. I couldn't, and I wasn't going that fast. But I went right off the road, right into a field. If that had been a cliff, I'd have gone right off of it. And as I, I'm going, you know, I'm going, I'm in the field, I'm off the road, I'm in the field. I notice there's Gary and Phil walking their bikes from the field. They went off also. I know the problem. The problem was we were trusting in the signs to tell us when to slow down. Sometimes, the, my point is sometimes the signs are just not there and you get yourself in trouble. But if you're, you're trusting in God at all times. Now, I think the Lord was telling me to slow down before it even hit that thing because I was feeling real bad about trying to keep up with those guys. But it gave me good fodder for a sermon. <laughs> Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will. His will. Now, his will and our will are not really lined up together sometimes. <clears throat> and we seek his will, and he shows us his will, but it's not our will. So we say, Ugh, I must be not hearing from God because it doesn't make me feel good because that wasn't the direction I really wanted to go. So we do our own thing, and then we find out later, I should have followed God. He knows what's best. To live by the Spirit, next one. To live by the Spirit, we must travel down the streets of truth. Truth of your identity. And also the, the street of, of faith. The truth of your identity and the faith, of God, the faith in God must become what you are to be actively living by the Spirit. You cannot live by the Spirit if you don't follow, if you're not traveling down these two streets. You will not live by the Spirit, and you will not be walking a holy life. And there are some other streets that we've got to incorporate. But that's going to be what I'll talk about next week. So these are streets, just the two streets Remember those two streets. Your identity. Your identity as a, a child of God. You've got to get that in your soul. The truth of who you are. Let's all stand together, okay? Next time I speak, I'll talk about two more streets that we need to travel down. I thought of giving you all the streets at one time.
I thought you're not going to remember them. You just won't remember them. Your faith in God. The object of your faith has to be in God. Faith. Identity. Faith. May the Lord bless you.